like, yes, you, you alone are worthy. You're worthy of all glory and honor and praise and power and wisdom and blessing and honor and strength. You are our savior. You are a rescuer. You are, you are our king. You're the one who helps us. You're the one who heals us. You're victorious. Every, every battle you fight, you win. You're for us. You are, um, you're with us spirit you are in us and as your people we say yes and thank you to all of that we're coming through this this crazy week it's been crazy globally nationally a lot of us have had things happen in our lives we just want to acknowledge that you are you're god over all that and we're so glad we're so grateful that you are god over all that we ask that you would speak into our culture that you would speak your love and your, your peace and your hope, that we'd be willing to receive your, your forgiveness and your life. May this be time for your church to shine. May we, may we love well, may we represent you well, Jesus. May we, um, may we be unifiers. And uh, we're grateful that you would let us, let us live and let us, worship and let us serve you in times like these. Thank you for the opportunities that are in front of us right now. We want to seize them for your honor and for your glory. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen. You guys who are here can have a seat. And as you're being seated, I'm welcome to those of you who are online church, uh, in-person church. Can we say hello to our online church family? It's good to be with you today. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it is my pleasure to be able to speak to you today. And um, we're in this series that we are calling Pivot. Thanks, Jason. If you were here last week, I made fun of those guys because two of them brought the table to me, and now we're down to one. So it's, like I don't know, mocking works, I guess. Um, that's awful. We're in this series that we're calling Pivot. And uh, what we're doing is um, we're, we're talking about things that maybe in seasons past have been in our peripheral vision. And as we move into 2021, because 2021 is flowing out of 2020, there are a number of things that I believe that we need to be better at as a church and as people of God that, that maybe you know, we were part of and it was going on. And this isn't critique of us of a church in any way, but just that instead of it being in our periphery, what we need to do is kind of pivot and face these things in this coming year. And so last weekend, we talked about how being unifiers, not just people who are united, the importance of that for sure, but being people who are unifiers. And this week, I wanna talk with you about a subject that I'm just calling, I'm calling it gathering around. We need to be the kind of people who we need to be better at. And this year, we need to be better at, better at gathering around um, other people. And I want to show you from the Bible where I'm grabbing that term. It's in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. Um, if you want to turn there with me real quick, this, is, uh, this touches on our church's core value of community. We have, this, we have this foundational belief that we are supposed to do life together and we're supposed to extend grace to each other, the grace that God gives us, we extend to each other and we love and we care for and we protect and we're with each other. And so this idea of gathering around, it flows out of that value of community, but it is, maybe it's a little deeper, a little different expression than, than we've thought about before. And this idea of gathering around, I'm gonna read these words for you here in just a minute, but they, they come from a little section of the scripture where what started out to be just this moment of devastation actually became this moment of, of miracle and life. And so I wanna show you this in um, Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. The apostle Paul, he was in this town called Lystra and he was doing what he did. He was, he was declaring the good news about Jesus and he was seeing success. There was interest there. The crowd was engaging with him and there was always this group of people who were following along behind Paul and they were trying to undo what he was doing in the name of Jesus. And so this crowd shows up, verse 19, 
um, these people show up and they turn the crowd against him. So the crowd, verse 19, the crowd stoned Paul, dragged him outside of the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. That next day, he and Barnabas, who was his traveling companion, left for Derby. Now, you need to know that what I'm about to say, I'm reading between the lines of what happened here, okay? So, so just hear me out on this because I think there was something that is miraculous that went on that, that Paul, usually, he, didn't, he didn't talk a whole lot about things that went on in his personal life at a deep, deep level. He kind of hinted at them, and I think this is one of those things that's happening here. So I'm, I'm looking at this, and um, people in this day, so Paul got stoned. He was stoned by other people, let's just say it that way. Um, I'm glad I caught that before one of you yelled out at me. Um, so, so Paul was stoned by people who this was one of the, this, they were good at it in their day. Um, stoning is, not to go into a lot of detail, but they used small and big rocks and they threw and piled them on people and it was one of the ways that they punished and ultimately, I'm not aware of any stoning that was just for punishment. Um, stoning was, it was engaged in for the purpose of killing the person who was on the receiving end. So, so Paul was stoned by people who were really good at this. It wasn't their first time. And after stoning him, they dragged him out of the city and left him for dead. So these people who were good at this violent act thought their act had accomplished what it had accomplished and they dragged him away and left him in a ditch on the side of the road. And then his friends, these disciples, show up and they gather around him. And then the words that are used here, this little phrase, after they gathered around him, he got up. So that's this interesting little phrase. I was curious about it, and so I chased it out a little bit this week. He got up is... Like it, it's used throughout the Bible and it is, has a variety of meanings in it. And it's used in some things that are just as normal and natural as somebody who's sitting down gets up to go on about their way. But it's also used in some places to describe some really cool things like a guy who was lame and laying by the side of the road and when somebody spoke over him in Jesus' name, he was healed and he got up. And so it's, it's used in that, and it's also used in several places to describe people who were actually physically dead, and when Jesus showed up on the scene or one of his followers and prayed over them, they came back to life and got up. And so you have this, you have this little phrase here, he got up. It, it could be just as simple as when we're done, those of you who are seated are going to get up, but it could be something really amazing. And I would offer to you, again, I'm just reading between the lines here, but I would offer to you the idea that something really amazing happened there. Now, you don't have to agree with me in that, but, but people who were really good at stoning people stoned the apostle Paul, and they thought they had accomplished their purpose, and they dragged him out and threw him on the side of the road and left him for dead, and his friends gathered round him and in this gathering around, he got up and then he goes back into the city and the next day he and Barnabas resume what they had been about. It seems to me if this is just a normal, like he's really, he was mostly dead and they kind of gather around him and haul him back into the city and he gets a night's sleep, it takes longer to recover from a stoning than just I got a good night's sleep, so now here I am ready to go to Barnabas and we're off on our way. And so I'm suggesting to you that there is, there was something that happened when Christian people gathered around a guy who was in desperate need. There was some, God did something really cool in that gathering around and restored that person who was in desperate need. So you don't, you don't have to go with me on like there's something like the, the miraculous, what I'm reading between the lines, but it's really hard. Like it just says it out loud. He was left for dead on the side of the road and they gathered around him and the next day he was back fulfilling his purpose, his passion, his ministry, his calling. And, it, and it's just, 
because these people of God gathered around him. So here we are in 2021, coming out of 2020. And I mean, life is hard enough. And then we have all the challenges that were presented to us in 2020, big picture and the things that went on in our individual lives. And there's just, there's a lot of change, hard change. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of, there's a lot of unknown. I mean, we're 2020 and gave birth to 2021 and here we are in 2021 and and it's it's more of that and of course there's joys and there's celebrations and all that but we are we are in a season where where it might have been okay before to just let this idea of gathering around people in need let that be on your in your peripheral vision but I think if we're going to receive what God wants to give us this year because we're, we're really convinced he has amazing things in these days ahead. But if we're gonna receive what God wants to give us this year, we've, we've gotta be good as Christian people. We've gotta be good at this idea of gathering around. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you, I'm in Galatians chapter, let me give you a Bible verse. It's really the main idea of today. Galatians chapter six, verse two. The apostle Paul is writing these words and it's, I think it's post this experience of being, being, stoned by those people, he writes these, and if you're gonna remember, if you're gonna remember the main idea of what I'm talking about today, this is it right here, Galatians chapter six, verse two. To Christian people, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So that phrase, the law of Christ, is another one of those curious little phrases. He was writing to a group of people, Christian people, just church, kind of like us. He's writing to a church that was having, having, a different message proclaimed to them that, hey, it's in contrast to the law of Moses. Law of Moses is really like, you know, the 10 commandments would be kind of the summary of the law of Moses. And there were people who were speaking to this church and were telling them, hey, if you just kinda in your own strength muster up the best you got, fulfill this law of Moses and you'll be good as far as it goes in your relationship with God and anything other than that, like you won't be good. You have to fulfill the law of Moses and Paul is writing back to them and saying, hey, don't listen to those guys. Those guys who are saying, muster up your own strength and check, check the 10 boxes and you're good. Uh-uh, that, that is not the path to relationship with God. You've entered into this relationship with God. And, and so he's saying, hey, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you're gonna fulfill the law of Christ. And so, so there's this love for other people that becomes way more important after Jesus, after his death, resurrect, burial, resurrection, like the life that he gives us, there's this love for other people, carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read all the verses around this one, okay? So it's Galatians chapter six, we're gonna read verses one through five. What I'm gonna do from that, I'm gonna pick out, I think there's three little phrases that we need to talk about what it means and then I'm gonna give you four practical things that um, will hopefully be practical and helpful for you and then uh, we'll pray together and be done, all right? So in Galatians chapter six, verses one through five, the apostle Paul's writing these words and he says, he says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Now what jumps off the page to me right away is there's two ideas in there that seem contradictory. There's the carry each other's burdens sentence in chapters in verse two, and then it ends with each one should carry their own load. So I'm reading that asking the question, which is it? Do, we, do I get some help or do I have to do this on my own? And the answer to that question is actually found in the definition of those. It's, I love that, that I'm really grateful for our translations because that was written in Greek. Our translations really help us know he's referencing two different things. So a burden is a crushing weight. Like that, is, that is something that is so heavy, a person can't carry it by themselves. And a load 
is a weight you can carry. And the stuff I was reading in prep for our time together, the load, like a real common load during that day would have been like a backpack that a Roman soldier carried, that it was, it was doable, it was, it's what they carried on their own. And so there's this idea of we carry each other's burdens, but everybody's got their own load to carry. And just an illustration of this, I was thinking about, um, so I don't, I don't know how many of you guys know this, Marie's dad passed away in November. And so um, her mom is widowed, and, and there's, this, there's this piece of her new life situation that is hers to carry. There's the burden part that family, friends, church family have surrounded her and have taken on the burden part so that she's not crushed under the weight. But there's, there's some of it that is just, it's hers to carry. Nobody, there's parts of it that nobody can do but her. And she doesn't do it alone. She does it in deep in her relationship with Jesus. He's standing beside her. He is with her. His spirit fills her. He loves her. And, and so she's not doing this alone, but she is having, this is between her and it's her and her relationship with the Lord. And, and that is, that's really the difference between, I hope that kind of helps understand the difference between burdens and a load. The burden is the part that just crushes you. And other people can come along and take some of that weight. The load is the part that you carry. And you don't have to carry it alone. You can choose to carry it alone, but you don't have to carry it alone. The Lord will carry it with you. And so, so in that, there's this idea of like, there's, there's always a part that you and I play in this thing. But the Lord's with us and we, and we stand together. So, so don't get hung up on my burden load. What do, which is it? Who carries what? There's a part every one of us has to play in our own lives. And there's a part that other people can come around and help us with. And so I'm talking with us today about being the kind of people who come alongside and help, who gather around people and help them so they're not crushed by the burden that they're carrying. So I'm reading through these verses here. And the first phrase that jumps out of me is, um, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin. So this is, um, this is, Somebody gets caught in a sin that it's talking about people who get surprised. It's talking about somebody who gets trapped. It's, it's not necessarily talking about someone with eyes wide open walks into rebellion against God who has just decided, hey, I'm fully aware of what's over here and I'm going this way regardless. It's talking about people who get trapped by a sin. And since it's talking about, it's kind of this idea of like sin got a hold of you, I think I think it's talking to people, not just, not just their own sin. That's certainly part of it. Sometimes, sometimes you make a choice, and that choice has, maybe you didn't know or you didn't see or you didn't think about it. or That, that choice has consequences that are really heavy for you, and you're caught, and you're surprised, and you're trapped by that. There's also sins that other people commit against you where you can get caught by that. You can, get, you can get trapped in, in the mess that somebody else has made for you. And it might be, it might be a parent, it might be a, a spouse, it might be a boss. I mean, there's a number of different ways that somebody could sin against you or sin and you're connected to them and you get caught or trapped and all of a sudden you've got this burden that's laying on you and you didn't. You didn't ask for it. You didn't vote for it. You didn't make a mistake to get it. Just all of a sudden, you've got it because of what somebody else did. And then there's, there's also the burden can, can end up there with because of living in a sinful world. When Adam and Eve sinned, our first parents, all the way back to Genesis chapter three, you go all the way, when, when they insisted on independence from God, they broke it. I mean, it, was, it was that insistence on independence from God and they said, no thanks, God, we got this. We're gonna go our own way. Everything broke, everything changed, everything broke. And so you and I now live in this reality of everything is broken. And I would just, I would argue this pandemic that we're living in, I mean, the coronavirus is just, we have viruses and get sick because sin entered our world. And when sin came in the world, it brought death with it. And 
And so we're living under the weight of just being in a broken world that is marred by sin. And you get caught in the consequences of, of that sin. And, and so if, if someone is caught in sin, and it doesn't matter how they got caught there. If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit. So this work of gathering around people is actually work that God the Holy Spirit does in and through his people. This is not, like when I talk to you about gathering around, I'm not telling them, I'm not just trying to say, listen, you guys try harder, you know? Hey, you try hard. I'm, you who live by the Spirit, those of you who have God the Holy Spirit living inside of you because you have put your trust in Jesus, you who you look to him for life and for guidance and direction, you who live by the Spirit and for the first readers of this letter as opposed to those of you who live by the Mosaic Law, the Law of Moses, who look, to the, who look for the letter and check, check, check. Well, it only says I have to do this much, so I'm not going any farther than that. Um, you who live by the law of Moses or you who live by, like, I just want checklists and as small as I can make it, this work of gathering around is, that's, that's not the group you want gathered around. Those who live by the Spirit, who are in relationship with Jesus, who are listening, who are learning, who are saying yes to him and who he wants you to be and who he wants you to become. Those of you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Like that, that idea of restoring and then all those words connected to it gently, I just summarize those verses. Restore gently with humility because they got caught in sin and maybe you're not caught today doesn't mean you're any better than them. It just means they got caught and so far you didn't or right now you're not. Restore gently with humility, without condemnation and just some word pictures connected to that idea of restoring were like a physician setting a bone. So there's, some, there's somebody's, they've been caught and they're broken, they're, they're out right now and so come alongside and, and gently help them get back, you who are walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, restore gently with humility, without condemnation, so that those who are down and out can get back up and go on about life and ministry and passion, what God's called them and gifted them to be. And so it's this wonderful privilege that we have to be people who carry each other's burdens and in that way fulfill the law of Christ. So let me give you these four things that I think are, um, I think they're really important. So we're talking about gathering around and calling people to gather around you. So let's just make, we're talking about both sides of this thing, to be the kind of church who is willing to, who's looking for the privilege of gathering around people who are, who are hurt and being the kind of church where people who are hurt are really willing to raise their hand and say, I need some people to gather around me right now. Okay, so let me give you these four things. Here's the first one. A load can quickly become a burden. Okay, so a load can quickly become a burden. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul, and he was, he was carrying his own load. He's in that city, and he is, he's declaring the good news about Jesus. It was, that was the charge that God had given to him. That was his ministry call. That was his life's devotion. And he was carrying his own load. And all of a sudden, the crowd gets riled up, grabs him, stones him, drags him out of the city and leaves him for dead. And there he was carrying his own load and now he's got a burden. And I'm saying this, that a load can quickly become a burden because I wanna speak to, I wanna speak to the shame that people who find themselves down and out feel. And I just want to say to you that those words of shame and condemnation that come to you, those, those are not from your heavenly father. Those words are not from your church family. Those, those words are coming to you from the enemy of your soul. 
And so when, when you've been going about life and living your passion and your mission in life and something happens and all of a sudden you are now under a weight that you can't bear, there's just, just realize from the Bible's perspective, from the perspective of your church family, there's, there's no shame in that. That's, that happens. It happens to people. It happens to people who love Jesus. It happens to people who are walking in obedience to him. It happens to, it happens to God's people. It's not a sign of somehow there's, there's something really wrong with you or that you're super weak or it's, it's all those things that you're hearing that, that cause you to sit and to suffer in silence and to want to hide all of that, all that stuff that's telling you keep this in the dark, that is not from your heavenly father, that is from the enemy of your soul. And so you need to know that a load can quickly become a burden. Here's the second thing, and I just kind of hinted at this, um, self-sufficiency and pride. Not only is shame from the devil, self-sufficiency and pride are of the devil. Don't wait until you collapse to ask for help. So I'm gonna talk to you as a bunch of um, hardy upper Midwestern people. We, because now we live here, we pride ourselves on, I've got this. There's a self-sufficiency in this culture that is stronger than in other parts of the country. And it's not absent in other parts of the country. And the I can do it myself, I will do it myself mindset, that's human. It's not just Midwestern. But I just wanted to tell you guys that that, when that load starts to, like when that, that load starts to become a burden, get help. It is, it is okay to not be able to carry the weight that is on you. It is, it's really okay. And I don't think you'll find people in your church who are going to condemn you or think less of you because you have raised your hand and said, my load's becoming a burden. You feel like that might happen. You may have heard stories of that happening or may have happened in your past, but it's not gonna happen in your present where you are going to be shamed or condemned or made to be less than because you got caught in something. Something caught you by surprise and now your load has become a burden for you. That self-sufficiency that I'm gonna do this myself, that pride that says, hey, you can do this on your own, those are from the devil, and, and the, the burden is not going to get lighter, it is going to get heavier, so just it's okay to raise your hand and ask for help. A few weeks ago, I got to go to I got to go to one meeting of our divorce care life group. I was so I was it was I was so proud of the people who were in that room. The men and the women who were in the room who are going through one of the most devastating circumstances life has to offer, and they have they've raised their hand and said, "Hey, we're going through this this real specific. There's a burden, crushing weight connected with that." And they raised their hand. And they're going through this real. This, this extremely difficult time, and I was proud of them, one, just the fact they raised their hand and came to a place where they could be gathered around. And there was just authenticity and there was transparency there, and as the men and women who were in that room, they spoke words of life and healing and encouragement to each other. It was, it was a beautiful thing to watch and get to be part of and pray together in that. And I was, I was participating in that kind of as an outsider because of my position in the church. And it was just, I was really humbled and grateful to get to go do that. But as I was watching this, the thing that was really interesting to me was, okay, if, if you take the people who are around this table, if you put them out here and they're alone, each one of them has raised their hand and said, I've got a burden, I have a crushing weight, I can't carry it by myself. So they come to this room and then they get in that room together and all of a sudden somebody who's got a burden is actually helping carry somebody else's burden and they're sharing the load of the weight of all of that. They're carrying their own load and then they're sharing in the weight of each other's burdens and people are finding life and health and goodness and hope and future in that room. And, and we have 
that's going on in divorce care. We have another ministry that's called Grief Share, where people who just, they've gone through something in their life that just grief is, is become the burden in their life. And, and it's the same thing in that Grief Share room. We have men's and women's addiction recovery groups where, where people have been caught. You've just been, they've been caught. They've been trapped by something and, and they're together and with people who are walking by the spirit, like they are, they're being restored. And what's broken is being put back together and, and that's God's work of, but it's happening in the context of those friends who've gathered around. We have groups for people who are, who are suffering with some kind of mental health issues. We have people who, who gather around each other and, and help each other bear those burdens. And we have, we have people who have, they're supporting each other because their family members have mental health issues. And they're just, we're the kind of church that is, like, it's okay. You know, we get caught. Sometimes we get caught and the weight gets heavy and, it, and maybe yours isn't that specific. And, and so we, maybe we don't have a group that just, you say, hey, I would fit right in that group. There are people here who will walk with you. There are people here who live by the Spirit who will, who will carry your burdens. And, and you don't have to be perfect to do that. We just we walk by the Spirit and we carry each other's burdens. And it is this amazing thing. But if you sit on the side thinking, I can do this myself. I don't want anybody to know. I can do this myself. I can walk forward by myself. I'm gonna make it. That, that message to you is of the devil, don't wait until you collapse to ask for help, all right? That's the third thing. And then here's this last, last thing. Well, that's the second thing. Here's the third thing. I, man, you guys almost got out early. Um, this is a good one, though. All right, so it, it takes effort to build community. It takes effort to build community. And I said, I mentioned community earlier. It's one of our core values. It's about being, it's being with each other, doing life together. So my friend, uh, my friend David, his wife, Julie, Julie got diagnosed with cancer and their life group, to see that life group spring into action and love them and support them and bear the burden of that. They were, David and Julie were carrying their load and the group was bearing the burden and I got to see that and I was talking with David one day and I said, man, this is the most amazing thing to watch how how you guys as a group have come around each other. And, and you know what he said to me? It kind of caught me off guard, I'll remember it. He said, um, he said it has been. He was really grateful, so he didn't say this in a prideful way. He said, we've worked for this. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, man, we, we give up our Sunday afternoons to be with this group. And, and he wasn't talking about just himself and his wife. This was how the group functioned together. We've, all, we've given up our Sunday afternoons. We've the other stuff we had planned or we would like to do, we prioritize this group. And we prepare for the things that we're studying and we're paying attention to and we call each other during the week and we text and we check in and, and we go to each other's kids' sports and school stuff. I'm like, they, they're intentional about, about meshing their lives together so that, so that their support group is already there when they get caught. And, and I would just say to you, if you don't have that, now is the time to make the effort. Now is the time to make the effort. For if, if you're saying, hey, I'm, I'd be one of those people who wants to, to walk alongside other people and help carry some burdens, now is the time to make the effort for that. This is, it's never too late to start to be willing to engage and to prioritize the kinds of relationships that result in gathering around, whether you need somebody to gather around you or you're with people and they, you're gathered around somebody else. And so it takes effort to build community. It doesn't just happen. Um, the church can kind of help you find a life group, but we can't give you community. Community is something that you build, that you invest in, that you prioritize, that you go after so that you can be a person who gathers around and when that day comes, because it comes for all of us, when that day comes where you need people to gather around you, you've got your people and there they are. So it takes effort to build community. Now here's the last one. Um, if you can show up and pray, you can be part of something cool. 
I, I just keep going back to that, that group of friends. The Apostle Paul is on the side of the road, left for dead, and they gather around him. If you've read Acts, if you've read the book of Acts, come on, they prayed, right? I mean, like, I know I'm reading between the lines, but we, like, you gotta give me that, that they prayed. They prayed for him. It doesn't say any of them were doctors or trained EMTs or like they just, they showed up and they prayed and they got to be part of something really cool. And I just wanna say there's, like I'm a fan of counselors, we're all for it. Um, There is a place for professionals and I'm not dismissing that at all. So do not hear me dismissing any of those things But if you wanna be part of something cool, God does really cool things when his people show up and pray. And so if you're, you know, if you're thinking, what is this like? That what I'm really talking about is we show up in each other's lives and we pray for each other. And in that, we're with each other, we're supporting each other, and we're encouraging each other. But this is not something that, that, like if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, but I haven't been a Christian long enough, or yeah, but I'm not a trained professional, or yeah, but I don't have any experience in that. If you can show up and pray, you could be part of something really cool. You could be part of somebody who was just carrying their load and all of a sudden they got caught and they are down and out. You could be part of God doing his thing by putting them back together, restoring them and getting them back on their way to their passion, their calling, their commitment, their their work that they're doing in Jesus' name. And that's the kind of church we wanna be. We wanna be the kind of church who's invested in each other's lives so that when we get caught, when, when that burden just slams down, we've got people who will help us bear it. And that comes through gathering around each other, being willing to do that. So if you guys would let me, can I pray for us as a church, pray for you individually, and um, then I'll ask you the questions for discussion for the week. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father, I... So grateful that you do not leave us on our own. Thank you. Thank you for coming to us. In Jesus, the gift of your spirit who lives inside of us and this incredible gift of one another. That that little term, one another, is all throughout the church, the history of the church. We minister to one another. And so I pray for us that we'd be a safe place. We'd be a place that, that speaks against shame and condemnation for people who are struggling, who are suffering, who are under a burden, that we would be a place where it is, it is really okay to be trapped and trying to get loose. That we would be, that we'd be people who are honest and transparent about our own struggles and our own victories. That we would be, that we would be there for each other, that we would have gather around stories to tell. And so, um, I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear the needs that are around us and encourage our hearts to go to them and to, um, to get to see you do, to do what only you can do. So thank you. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so um, if you would, let me ask you these questions for reflection, for discussion. If, uh, if you're new to us, um, what, we do these every week, and uh, I ask these questions for you. It's connected to what we're talking about, but really encouraged to kind of help you have the kind of conversations that lead to those gather around moments, and it really helps us as an in-person church and also use an online church. Um, it helps us stay together on, on some really important things. So, so the first question for you is, how is social distance impacting you? And you know, how's it going carrying your own load? And is there anywhere that you're experiencing a burden? So um, not a lot of warm up in that. Let's just jump right in and have a conversation about how you're really doing. Second question, um, what do you think of when you hear the term the law of Christ? I, I think that's a great term. And so just kind of, what do you think of? How does that, what spurs in you? Um, third question, are you better at uh, living by the spirit or living by a set of rules. Just if you think about particularly your spiritual or religious life, are you better at listening to God the Holy Spirit or having someone or a list telling you what to do? Um, Fourth, how can you both gather around and social distance? 
So I'm not advocating rebellion or you know unsafe or anything like that. I think but we're in a season, we've been in a long season, this thing's still gonna continue and people need to be gathered around. And so I would love for you to think through that. How do you both gather around and social distance? And then that last one, who can you count on to gather around you? And I hope you have a list of names. And who can count on you? And you know, I hope you know whose list your name is on. And so again, if you'll think through those things, um, I think they'll help you. I think it'll be a good conversation. And I hope it's a blessing to you and becomes a blessing to other people. So thank you guys for being here today, for participating with us online. We really enjoy, I enjoy our times together. But it's, it's been very good to be with you. Thank you guys for being here today. I love you. We will see you next week. No!